Welcome to Life in Motion podcast with the best woman trio on the planet. On this podcast, we talk about all things related to navigating the complexities of day-to-day life and how we move with the ebbs and flow of all life brings our way. We started this podcast because life be lifing, whether you're ready for it or not. In this episode, we'll be talking about our confidence journeys, the journey to building confidence. You don't wake up one day, full-blown confidence activated. There's a journey. And today we're going to talk about the journey and how we got here and we grew our confidence to the level where we are now. And Stick around and let's for you guys. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Tired? You're right. Good. 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 You're all feeling good. Now are you ready for the questions? You ready to dive into the questions I have for you today? Some of these are going to be deep. Okay, so from the last episode, I feel like I learned a lot from both of you. I've never thought of this alpha beta term, label, female, male. I've never term. thought of it. So when it was thrown at me, I thought, you know, I must be an alpha female. I'm a boss. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, because I feel like I'm such a strong person in my goals and being independent in that sense that I'm like, I'm definitely alpha. But then you guys, both of you broke it down to me and it made sense in a whole different light and in terms of that I learned quite a lot from you guys so I think we are all from from you both of you and me we are all very strong confident women in ourselves I feel like confidence is something that is ever it's like the a learning curve you're always learning and you're always yeah. adding to it in different ways but I feel like we're all quite strong in who we are and we're quite confident and I want to ask you based off that first episode have you ever faced any form of negging so I'll explain what negging is in a minute I'll read it off the internet in a minute but have you ever faced any form of negging or have men ever put you in has anyone ever put you in a box like that you know, and made you feel bad in a way that has affected your confidence before. So before you answer the question, let me read what negging is in terms of um, the urban, urban dictionary. Let's see, where is it? So it's low-grade insults meant to undermine the self-confidence of a woman. So she might be so more, she might be more vulnerable to your advances. And it can come off as sometimes like, so it's like a an example would be really. like, if someone gives you a compliment, like, oh, you're pretty, but don't let it get to your head or something silly like that. It's like a backhanded compliment. You don't mm-hmm. even really know what to make of it. But have you ever faced things like that? It, it could be something that's not even negging. Like just, it's like what we watched in the video, basically, where they were like, oh, high achieving women. Da, 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 da. Has someone ever made you feel small in a way yeah someone of, yeah. The op- op- of the opposite sex in that way like in terms of dating or when they're interested in you or whatever it is really that has affected your confidence mm. if you don't mind sharing some examples who wants to go first yeah I've, I've got a story about this <laughs> and Basically. I'm sure it's spicy <laughs> Basically, I went on a date with this man mm-hmm. and basically he was giving off narcissistic vibes. But anyways, towards the end of the date, we were kind mm-hmm. of parked 
both of us were kind of packed a sort of like a five minute walk from the place that we'd gone to. Mm-hmm. The whole way this guy was saying things like, as a woman, you need to be serious about finding a man. Um, and then he went into this weird uh, Japanese theory about how baby faces they for a man apparently for men is like they the, the older they get the more they get more attractive but for me i'll lose my looks so he's saying i'm pretty but at the same time lose your looks and he's just going on for five minutes i had to like i was like oh my god should i run what should i do like this is crazy yeah so he went into this um rant basically let me say put it that way And he just said, like, you need to, he was saying, pick me. He was a pick me guy, you know, but the way he was Mm -hmm. delivering it as if I'm not conscious, like I need to be conscious of time and all these things. I'm just like, "Hmm." but it did affect me. I'm not going to lie. I remember coming from there and just thinking like, obviously I'm not going to pick him, but is there some truth to what he's saying? Mm. You know? And it's like, it, it, it affected me. And I remember I had to call my friend who, li- who lives in South Africa and just say, like, look, I'm so low. Ba- basically, this man has picked me apart. Uh, I am not going to choose him, obviously, because he's got, like, a foul mouth. And he's, you know, he's just, he's not a nice person. But the way he was, like, almost complimenting me, but at the same time, it made me feel like I'm dumb. Like, I'm... Um, yeah it's it's just that that that's the main yeah that's what i thought thought of yeah that situation hmm. i have another question based off what you've just said mm-hmm. in that situation for me for example if someone said something like that to me and maybe i'm someone that doesn't necessarily think i have a baby face you know it's when people when when people mm-hmm. pick on things that in a way kind of bothers you already it's mm-hmm. like something that's at the back of my mind already. Even yeah. if, if even if it's not at the front, it's still there. But yeah. did, did they heighten anything that you already had going on within you at that time? Did they did he touch on anything that you were just like, okay, it kind of this one. I know he's dumb, but this thing strikes a nerve because it's something that I kind of think of sometimes anyway. Mm. Yeah. Well, to be honest, he did. Yeah, he struck something because I, I think I was in my mid-20s. And I'm thinking like most of my oh. friends are married. And maybe I'm not taking this thing seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and he it's like, I think what bothered me the most, he was dead serious looking me in the eyes oh. and telling me rubbish. Like, and um yeah, so now I, I really did feel like maybe he does have a point. Maybe I am wasting time, you know, or maybe I'm supposed by now I'm supposed to be married. You know, I, I did think about those things and it really hurts. If I can be honest, it, it hurt. Um, yeah, I didn't cry, but I was this close to it cry. Was painful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just off what you've just said about the mid 20s, which is where I am right now. Mm-hmm. I keep telling people when I hit this mid-20 mark, I'm 25, when mm-hmm. I hit this mid-20 mark, I feel like there's a wave of pressure that nobody put on me, but mm-hmm. I feel, I suddenly feel, I've never felt old, but I suddenly feel like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm getting old, I'm growing up. Mm-hmm. And even suddenly, I've had people tell me things like, oh, this man who lives near me, 
sees me walk alone quite a few times. I've bumped into him a few times. And one day he was like, I always see you walking alone. Why don't you have a boyfriend? How old are you? I said, I'm 25. I said, I'm 25. He said, this is the age where you need to find someone and things. So even just based off what you said, it didn't bother me. But I feel like already I feel like within myself, I feel this pressure suddenly of turning 25 I don't know what it was some of my friends said it hit them at 18 it hit them at 21 it hit me at 25 this is the first time that I feel like whoa like I'm getting old I'm kind of getting old and I wasn't necessarily thinking boyfriend married blah 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 but even the way I noticed even the way people around you start to treat you or some of the things people say to you is like okay I get it Mm-hmm. I'm getting old. And society's pressure is being forced yeah. down my face. So I can see how if that was something I was really, really bothered about, how that man's comment would have really dragged down my confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mm-hmm. see what I mean? Yeah. 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 You almost feel like sorry. Kids. What did you say? <laughs> You almost feel like your head is not in the right place, you know, because yeah. you're almost telling you these things as if you're not seeing right, you're not thinking right. Yeah. And it's like, really, really, I, I have, bra- I've got uncles and, and yeah, they should tell me that, not you, really, you're a stranger. Mm-hmm. They, they start to make me- you think about timelines that you didn't put on yourself, like you and then because you hear it so often, then you start to go, okay, maybe, maybe this isn't thing maybe I am getting older but Barbara it hit me at 25 too at 25 I was still in I was in college finishing my bachelor's degree and on my campus we have a Dunkin Donuts so I sit in Dunkin Donuts and I always loved it he's in my coffee and it was my birthday I just turned 25 and I was sitting there and it was just like life just hit me like the reality of life hit me and the reality of getting older hit me and it was just like okay and just feeling like okay I actually have a lot of to be serious about adult responsibilities and a lot of stuff now so I get it people put timelines on you especially with marriage and dating but to answer your question um about the negging I had this guy who was interested in me tell me Oh, you're you're nothing but a pretty face. Yeah. He's like, you're nothing but a pretty face. And I knew, because, and it was right after I had turned him down. So I knew when he said it, it was because he was mad because I didn't want to go out with him. But it hit me because for a lot of time, for like a lot of my life as I was growing up, I, I felt that way. You know what I mean? It was like, I felt like, what, what do I have to offer? What do I have to give? And I never, I never told him that, but he's, when he said, you ain't nothing but a pretty face, it really, it really bothered me and it really hit me. I mean, now I'm just like, mm, you mad. But at the time, it really, really bothered me. Wow. That's a lot. I'm sorry you both had to go through that. That's horrible. You know, I've had it many times as well. There was this way older guy, actually, who was interested in me trying to get my attention would always say like you're pretty but don't let it get to your head or like things that you're pretty don't let it get to your head or mm-hmm. things like that and similar to you Nisha growing up I was always meant to feel like made made to feel like I'm just a pretty face 
Mm -hmm. So, yeah, sometimes it bothered me. This particular man, however, didn't bother me because he came at a time where I was ready. I was ready. So that that negging, that particular incident didn't exactly bother me. But yeah, I just I've 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 seen a lot of negging, a lot of it where people make all these backhanded compliments. And it's like, is that supposed to make you cute? Is Mm. that supposed to make you attractive to me? Because if anything, uh, I am, I am disgusted. <laughs> that is yeah. revolting behavior. Mm-hmm. Go like they away. try to test you. They try to. You ever like y'all heard the the saying trying to test my gangster? It's like they trying to test like if you know your value, or they trying to test do you know your worth? How much can I get away with? And the whole point of it is to what tear you down, right? To tear you down so that you feel like I need this person. It's so weird how like the brain works and how psychology works. Because thinking about it, it would be like, why would I be attracted to that? What about that would cause me to run to that? But there are women who, when men do it, uh, they run to them and they go to them. But it's like, what would make you, what would make you want to fall for that? But men do it all the time. It's, it's such a manipulating thing. To do. I feel like the closest I've experienced to that and it bothering me is when I already love someone. So the closest I could think is like parental, um, what's the word? Approval. So if my mom said something to me like this, this, that, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, see how someone that I love that holds that sort of value or place in my life could say something like so that. that. My next question was, did you, was there any specific sort of incident that you can remember or anything that someone said that actually just hit and you internalized in that sense of like, you know, from a man specifically, that you're like, okay, that one I've internalized. This must be me. Mm-hmm. So for me, that incident that I just told you guys, that's the, literally the only one where it affected. I was shocked. He was actually older, like an older guy as well. And, you know, I, I never used to, like, even consider that. But then I thought, okay, let me just, you know, go on a, this date with this guy. So you'd expect mm-hmm. them to be and to me that was a very mature thing to say so I was very shocked so I did internalize okay. it so you were saying your family yeah. you said this thing but I know my family that know me mm-hmm. deeply That's where you okay I'll start, again. I'll start again yeah so for me the only time when I had that experience with that uh, guy who was saying these uh, ageist things and you know like I need to be more conscious of my age and stuff I was shocked Right. That was a shocking thing because I was expecting mm-hmm. him to say uh, something more mature because he was a bit of a mature guy. Um, so I didn't really like counteract it. But then normally if somebody does that to me when they try attempt to neg me, it goes into an argument. You can ask my family. Sometimes they've overheard me with this particular person who, who tried it a couple of times. And it's like, nah, no, what you're telling me is not true. Like you're the mm. literally the first person who said that, and and you know this my family who know me in and out would never say such a thing like this. So that's what you're saying now is not true. So yeah, I think it's part of my personality. Like 
if somebody says things that are not are, are out of line, even if it's like a backhanded compliment, yeah. like I don't get fed, like flattered so much with compliments and stuff. Cause I've come to my, to compliment myself, like to tell myself, like, this is, I acknowledge the positives as well as the negatives. So whatever you tell me, I already know. Thank you. That's very kind for you to say, but don't like, I'm not going to be like, Ooh, Oh, my boyfriend has all my, you know, so it's yeah. one of those things where it just goes into an uh, literally an argument until you just, you know, you have to surrender, basically. Um, what about you, Nisha? Any, have you had any experience that has stuck out that you're like, okay, this one really went in? No. Well, apart from the one with your friend telling yeah, you. Yeah, not, no, nothing apart from that. I think that would have been the worst one. Not that I haven't had experiences where guys would, but none that really made me feel any kind of way about myself. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, no, none that made me feel any kind of way about myself anyway. So now let's pull okay. it away from guys because they're just a small fraction of whatever it is. I thought I would I would take it down the guy route based off the first sort of episode we had. But let's take it away from there and let's bring it to confidence in the life sense. Because confidence, women are confident, isn't validated by men. I think we can all establish, we've all established that by now. So just confidence in general. Are there things that you have felt like in your growing up experience, maybe from your 20s, let's let's stick from your 20s, that have weighed on you, that have affected your confidence, that you feel like you there was a journey where the process of you coming to like, no, this is something that you can say highlight that you internalized and how you went through the process of getting to where you are now. Is there anything that could really stand out like that for you? Mm, I mean, I guess I would say it really has been a process. There are good days, good weeks even, good months even. And then there are moments where it's like, oh, today I just don't feel that confidence. I don't feel like I'm that chick today. Um, But for me, it's been a very, 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 very long process. A lot of my confidence wasn't even necessarily about, it wasn't about what I looked like. A lot of it was more about um, just me as a person, not feeling like I belong in certain spaces or not feeling like I fit in in certain spaces or just trying to, you know, like trying to put on a lot of different masks and stuff so that you could fit in somewhere or be somewhere. And I felt like a lot of my journey into becoming confident felt it was you know people say healing talk about healing a lot but healing is a hard and painful process and that's how it that's what it was for me the confidence journey was a hard one and it was painful um I tell people it was almost like you know like if you have an onion and an onion has layers and you just peel back the onion that's what it felt like for me it felt like layers was being peeled off of me and as layers was being peeled off of me, there was this period of, okay, so if you're not that and you're not that, then what am I? <laughs> like, who am I? And it was such a hard, hard, hard place for me to be because, you know, it's always tempted to go back to what you know. Um, but a part of my confidence journey was really just embracing who I am, embracing my strengths, embracing the way that I talk or the way that I come across and not trying to 
um, figure out, like not trying to mind read, not trying to mind read, like going into places going, oh, what does this person think about me? They're probably thinking this about me. Um, so yeah, so my confidence journey was a lot about just learning who I am, being comfortable with who I am, loving who I am and being okay with that. And it's still a journey. There are good days and there are days when I'm just like, mm. You ain't it today, Nisha, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you, you show up anyway. You show up anyway. Um, yeah, so that's been my journey. I want to try and answer my journey, but before I answer, oh my gosh, typical me, I'm going to ask you guys a question before I dive into mine. Mm-hmm. Would you, do you consider someone being shy as not confident? No. Can I just answer what you, the question that you asked, because there's something that I really wanted to, to say. Yes, please, please. So From the child of, you know, men now, mm-hmm. you know, now we're on the topic of just life in general. Mm-hmm. Where was your mm-hmm. confidence? Where do you feel like there was a place where you had sort of like, let's call it a confidence wound, like some mm-hmm. sort of thing that was triggered in you that you had mm-hmm. to build, build that side of you to get to the confidence level that you are now? right so I'm just gonna say like my dad was an absentee dad and I always used to be like envious of girls who had dads who were who would instill confidence in them and I feel like um they do you know there's men men can tell if a guy if a girl has or a woman has had a father who's been present and who's been guiding her mm-hmm. in the issue of like relationships or work wise or anything they have they have to set an air about them Mm -hmm. and I literally had to look for my dad in books I had to read books read standards about dating and I did that very early on actually um just to understand what healthy looks like like that advice um that a dad would give you and I think one of the books that I would recommend is the father-daughter talk by R.C. Blakes but I had to fight really I had to like literally educate myself because it really is an education when it comes to the world of men and dating and even how to navigate being in the workplace like that you just have you know being assertive there's there's just a you know there's how can I say I feel like girls like I said girls who have had their fathers in their lives and who have been a positive uh, influence you can actually tell because they just have this confidence that's all almost instilled in them and yeah so that is me wow Whew. definitely mm-hmm. stroke a nerve there for me because as you know I'm the same for me it's that topic in its sense is such a deep wound for me mm-hmm. that I just, I never go there. <laughs> I never mm. go there. But I feel like it's something, yeah. oh my gosh, it has been, I, f- I can tell you point blank, if my dad ever sees this, that is, this isn't how you're feeling. So I'm saying this because my dad goes hard for all my social media stuff. Mm-hmm. If you ever see this, dad, this isn't to hurt you. But I feel like all my brokenness stem from a place where I never had him present in my life therefore every insecurity everything stems up from there he was just such he was the greatest love I ever knew growing up oh my god I'm sad I'm getting sad ah but yeah I feel like it's something I've worked through through therapy through many things but still makes me so emotional 
It was, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. My, oh my, my God. My also are like up to girl. It's yeah. just something that, yeah, it's such a wound. And I feel mm. like most of my issues probably came from there. Mm-hmm. It's something I've had to extend a lot of love towards and mm. sort of nurture myself. I never knew there was this father-daughter bond oh. book thing. But yeah, I feel like a lot of my issues stem up from their issues that turned into insecurities that yeah. affected me throughout childhood, throughout teens, till now. Are mm. things that stemmed up from a place of probably having that absent parent. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very, it's a very deep wound. I don't even know how much how to speak on it because. I feel like I'm still, it's something that whenever it pops up, it still makes me teary, like reminds me of the little girl, you know, um, yeah. Whew. but yeah, yeah. Anyway, yes, it's so important, what, man. yeah, it is. It is what I was actually going to ask you guys before I dived into sort of the thing that I felt like affected my confidence and the work into it to get I to grow, the level of confidence. Just growing up now. or just as a human being in general, the thing that really knocked my confidence as well I think like similar to Kit stems from a place of having an absent parent and um yeah just having to deal with that I think it stirred up a lot of not being good enough for a lot of things because I feel like that one parent was the parent that ever made me feel seen and then suddenly they went there so I, I didn't feel seen most of the time and when I was growing up, I struggled a lot with academics. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I think I just went through some sort of a dumb phase. Mm-hmm. And the people around me, they made me feel it. I felt it, y'all. I felt dumb. <laughs> I felt dumb. So I think that was the first strike of insecurity that I had to deal with. And it still pops up sometimes. When someone tries to make me feel dumb, I fume. Like yeah. I'm not sh- the way I will fight with my chest. <laughs> you you see a different side of me, and it's like I fume. But it's something I've had to almost. I feel like I've had to fight and defend for so long that now I'm like, you are not going to undermine my intelligence. You sit there and you listen to me now. Yeah, I become better. I go from beta to alpha real quick. It might <laughs> even come off a little toxic, but it's a trigger point for me. And I know how hard I've had to work to where I am now. So there's no way you're going to make me feel small in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> so that is something that I feel like was a deep wound for the longest time. Then the second thing, I know we don't, we, we try and swivel around it, but the thing is when puberty hits you and your body goes through certain changes, you get some sort of confidence uh, spiral. You know, and I feel like I went through one of those phases as well where there was a state. I think I had, I, I went through an awkward phase. Okay. Mm-hmm. I went through a very awkward phase. Hormonal issues, blah, blah, blah. I went through an mm-hmm. awkward phase. So there was also a time where physically I, I just felt like I was trapped in the wrong body. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that lingered for a long time because mm-hmm. I lost a drastic okay so I was very growing up I was thin I was very thin Mm -hmm. suddenly I got so big 
well for myself at that time I felt like I got I got to my my largest weight very quickly then when I lost the weight as well I didn't even see a fall off suddenly I was like size eight go I could fit into some size six clothes and it was a shock to everyone around me it was a shock to me and I feel like just those changes of just being the so thin to being there was no transition period all I knew was like whoa it feels like I'm just enlarging by the day then from that transition again back to being you know sort of slimmer I feel like just that period of that zigzag that went through my life physically confused me so when I was large I had and again I moved to the UK of all places during the time when I was gaining weight oh my gosh trust me I felt that was the first time in my whole life that physically I felt like yeah what do I do I felt so I just felt like I wasn't I wasn't in my body at all I can't remember much from that time period but it didn't feel like I was in my body and it really affected my physical confidence for the longest time and when I went back I did when I like lost weight as well I didn't go no middle ground suddenly I felt so thin again and it's like at this point, I don't even know what identity it is. Like, well, am I mid-size? Am I plus? Mm. I was plus size. Then I was suddenly something slim. And it's like, mm. what do I do? Like, you know, those changes. So I feel like that was a phase that really affected my physical confidence. And that's something that I had to later on get com- comfortable in. But I don't know what it was. But suddenly things just made sense. It kind of just snapped back. Yeah. I think it's when I lost the weight. And I was like, and again, I was made to feel like some people were like, oh, you're getting so ugly because you're dieting. It's like, I work hard. I was working 24-7. Like, it wasn't about dieting or people tried to blame it on different things. Like, oh, my gosh, there was even a scandal that someone, (laughs) someone said something to some of my family members. And I got questioned if I was on drugs. I, I got questioned oh. if I was on drugs. And you know the saddest thing? I didn't even know what that was then. So it was like, yeah, I went through all these changes. And I felt like people around you or things I went around through, like, you, the physical like- sort of changes journey where I had to get comfortable in my own skin. And mm. I think what that sort of short period taught me was your body's ever-changing. So you better get, <laughs> get comfortable, honey. Yes. You could, it could, and my weight. I come from a long line where our weight just fluctuates a lot. I saw it a lot in my mom Mm -hmm. and I've seen it a lot in myself. The weight just goes zigzaggy, zigzaggy, zigzaggy. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I realized very quickly that I have to get comfortable in that because it's just DNA. What can I do? You know, there's times when I'm bigger, a bit, a little bigger. And there's times when I'm a little thinner and I kind of just learned to get comfortable in whichever way my body decides to go. I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know? Yeah. So I think in terms of even physical journey, I've had to work through a lot to get to where I am in terms of confidence, but I don't know that one. I don't even know what happened. It just felt like, uh, I just woke up one day and I'm I don't really care I could be thin I could be a little chunky and that's okay you know I just got comfortable within that um 
Yeah, so I feel like that's another side of me that I had to really, really work through. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest confidence sort of thing, was it even confidence, was a place where of like, just really sitting with everything, my insecurity, my wounds. It's more like the healing journey. I think that's when the real blow up in terms of confidence happened for me, when I just sat with myself and just let myself go through the process. Yeah. I think yeah. it's when yeah. I bloss- I blossomed into my confidence the most. Yeah. I think confidence mm. starts with acceptance. Like mm. acceptance, acceptance, right? You have to accept yourself. Like you have to accept the things. You have, you have to accept everything that you are, but you also, also have to accept everything that you're not. Like there are mm-hmm. things that we that are a part of us that we love. There are things that are a part of us that we're like, mm, if I could change that, I would. There are things that we wish we had or, you know, ways that we wish we could be. And sometimes it just may not be, you know, it just may not be a part of our personalities. But we'd be like, oh, I wish I could be that. But a part of it is just making peace with it. Make peace with all that you are. Make peace with what you're not and allow the healing and the, the process to begin. I think for me I think like I tell people all the time I'd be like England is my second home right so because I'm visited in August and I'd be like oh yeah going home (laughs) right um and I feel like what I love most and what I appreciate the most about England wasn't necessarily just the space or the time I was there or like the people I met I feel like England really gifted me with being able to know myself and being able to be like feel safe with myself and feel okay with myself. Like I've lived home, I live with my mom, I live with my grandma, I live with my sister. That's not uncommon in Bohemian culture because living alone is very expensive, extremely expensive. You will pay about a thousand dollars for rent. That's just oh, rent. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and minimum wage is what five fifty, I think, five fifty an hour. So you'd pay a thousand dollars for rent. So anyway, so I my I just said this thing. So I live home. And I've lived with people all of my life. And um, sometimes when you live with people, you have to deal with what comes with living with other people, (laughs) whatever that may be. And living in England just gave me the opportunity and the space to hear my own thoughts and to be okay without having a lot of different voices about me. And I really got to figure out a lot of who I am, what I want, what I don't want, um, what I want to be, what I don't want to be, and came into like a different place of full acceptance while I was there, full acceptance of Dwanisha. It was, I think the first time in my life where it was in Dwanisha and, or Dwanisha and like, my only role in England was a student. You know what I mean? Like that was my only role. My only role in England was a student. It wasn't. And my friend, you and my friend. Yes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Tunisia and friends. But you know, it was like I I didn't have a lot of other responsibilities. You know what I mean? Outside of being friends with the people that I connected with and being a student at home, it's like work responsibilities. I'm at home with my mom, my sister, my grandmas, whatever responsibilities come with that. At church, you have church responsibilities. So there's like all of these different people pulling on you and expecting you to do this and expecting you to be that. I feel like when I was in England, a lot of who I was in certain spaces, I realized, oh, that ain't even really, that was never even really me. Like I was that because I felt like I had to be that. 
And so when I came back, a lot of what I connected with in the beginning and a lot of who I connected with before I left, when I came back, it felt so different. It felt so different and it felt so odd. And I, I found like I couldn't, I couldn't connect with a lot of what I, what I left behind. Even now, I still struggle with that a little bit. Um, not even necessarily in my space. It's just certain, like certain relationships. It's just like, mm. wow. You know, mm. That sounds like know. a real journey, though. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like a real, like, strong journey. Is there anything mm. else you wanted to add before I throw my next question at you guys, Let me which just, will probably be the last one? I just want to add something to your point about your, you when you're like the how you felt about um, like gaining weight and, and being thin. I just want to say one thing and then we can move on. People pay yeah. for your body now, okay? People, yeah. people pay. They do, big people money. People pay for your body. You guys are putting me on the spot. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> that is so true. But you know, when you t- say about the weight, because I was also like uh, a certain weight for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Yo, I was a late bloomer. <laughs> like, you know, when Me all too. the really i was yes. really late like really late so with when all the girls are getting you know their breasts and they're getting oh, more for lap yeah. i was like stick thin mm-hmm. for the longest time and then the funniest thing that happens when i started to gain weight i had i think i realized later that it was actually body dysmorphia I could not go into the shop and pick up my size. I remember my mom walking behind me saying, you are now a size this. You are now a size this. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> but it's true because I just couldn't come to the acceptance. Like in my head, if I see a clothing, I just say that's yeah. too big, but that was my size, my new size. <laughs> I was, I was the opposite. I think, yeah, it shocked me because for me, it was just such a drastic change yeah oh my gosh I'm gonna put myself on full blast here but I don't care Mm -hmm. but I went from no bra (laughs) to an f cup to an f cup wow of all the cups yeah (laughs) all I knew is I had I wasn't really wearing a bra then suddenly I was wearing like a you know like a vest then I was an f cup (laughs) who does that I don't remember the transition. I just woke up one day. I'm like, hey, what do I do with these? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I remember it just being like a shock. Like, whoa, what do I do with these, yeah. these guys? <laughs> you know? And I remember, oh, my gosh. My aunt took me shopping when we moved here for the first time. Mm-hmm. She She saw me changing and she was like, that is the wrong bra. We're taking you bra shopping tomorrow. I was like, okay. Then she took me and she was like, oh, I think it's an F. And I remember going in my head, A, B, C, D, E. I was like, wait, wait, where did the sizes start from? It's like, oh, there's like A's, there's like double A or whatever she said. I was like, so, so there's A, B, C, D, E, I'm F. Where, 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 where's the stopping? Like, did I not know when to, where, when was this wow. happening? When were all these alphabets happening that I didn't know? So it was like a shock to my system, y'all. 
And suddenly yeah. I had this body, I didn't know what to do with it. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do I do with it? I don't know how, what to put on it, like how to dress. And unlike mm. you, Shala, I'll pick the biggest sizes or things. Mm. Really? Yes. Wow. Because I wanted to cover up. I, I just uh. never. And I think another thing, sometimes I think I came from a culture where modesty was a big thing. Mm-hmm. That I was comfortable in it. I'm like, mm. cover, cover the arms, cover the, I didn't necessarily have to, but it was my style then, okay, I was fabulous, so I was trying to cover it then, and went through some real awkward faces, man, oh no, what was I saying, anyway, yeah, that was pretty much my sort of confidence journey, I think the last time I felt very, like, low in terms of confidence, it was mostly people that would make you feel so now like when people make comments yeah. about people's bodies I'm just there like mind your business someone once told me looks like you've gained weight right I was like yeah I have and this comment is so unnecessary I said it it didn't make me feel anything when when you tell me you've gained weight or you've lost weight I don't necessarily feel anything anymore I'm like mm-hmm. I own a mirror I wear dresses and clothes. I know when I've gained and lost weight. I'm okay. What's your own wahala? Mind your business. Like, it doesn't really do anything to me anymore. So I don't know. I don't know where the switch. I think it was just acceptance. Like, mm-hmm. my weight fluctuates. My weight fluctuates so much that I'm just like, my body will do what it needs to do. And I'm just here for the vibes. And that's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, that's okay. And I think that was the last sort of really something that made me go a bit low that I worked to but apart from that in terms of confidence in general I mean I get nervous I think we all do and I feel like just building your confidence in different aspects of your life is something you work to yes but yeah I don't know how I got here is by not internalizing anything and I feel like there's sometimes when I've also tried like people be like oh you just cover up so much or you expose too much I'm like well it's my body mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my body it's yeah. whatever I'm comfortable with you know so far as my mom isn't telling me if I'm doing something right <laughs> that's yeah. all I know <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's just you I think you just you kind of go with the motion of life and kind of get comfortable to out as you go but yeah there's still times when I I wouldn't say I ever feel really like not confident or insecure, but I do get nervous over some situations. Like sometimes it's meeting new people could make you confident, make you confident, yeah. make you nervous and things. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean you're not confident, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, but I feel like even just on the co- topic of confidence in different aspects of your life is something you kind of build on as you go as well and you work through. The big thing is I can't, the, the big um, win for me is there's nothing that I can highlight and say this makes me insecure. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Not even my chubby fingers. I love it. That is so funny. I love it all, baby. I, I love it all, and I throw it everywhere. Like, I yeah, not really. All. I think you, sp- depending on the space, like, like new things that happen in your life, kind of causes you to level up in some ways and in, in places of confidence that would have made you insecure before. So, like, mm-hmm. now I started a new role. 
at a new job and walking into the space, I felt a little bit intimidated at first. Like, I know that I'm qualified. I know that I know what I bring to the table. Um, but part of me still felt a little bit intimidated. And even with in terms of like sharing my ideas and sharing what I think, because it's that kind of role where it's like, you know, what do you think? How can we do this? How can we build this? And it's it. I, I felt kind of intimidated. Like, I don't even know if I want to share what I think. I don't even know if I want to say how. But um, the more that I've been there, the more that I've grown in confidence in that area and starting to feel a lot more comfortable with doing it. So I think like, you know, different things come that, ca- that can, oh, where did she go? Different things, come, different things come that can kind of cause you to feel some kind of way, but um, yeah, you kind of work through it. You get back you to, to confidence, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Im- imposter syndrome is real, is real as well. Can we mm-hmm. just touch on that? I'll let Kit finish and we can touch a bit on imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. I think confidence is learned behavior. I don't know if somebody else has said that. Mm-hmm. And I always liken it to maybe like a bird flying, you know, when you know you've got like inner strength to do something. But then at the beginning, it's like flattering. But then mm-hmm. after some time, after some trials, after some... um maybe pushing pushing yourself to enter into spaces that you've not not been before and you've seen yourself come through and then as mm. you get older you realize like now nah, i've got this so you've got moments of like okay i'm not too sure but at the same time you just bounce back to say nah you know my track record says you know yes. i come on top still still it's a learning curve but then still it's like now it's not so much of a steep learning curve when it comes to mm-hmm. so my yeah. first question actually before we go on to imposter syndrome is have you guys experienced where now sometimes something happens to me now and I'm like my younger younger way younger self would have been so bothered by this and would have probably felt insecure by this and there's now myself they're like uh-uh. okay <laughs> you know like it's fine mm, whatever but do you experience things like that that happen to you that you're just like whoa I could just Im- imagine if I wasn't who I am now or if I'm not if I wasn't this person who has built myself to this level where I am now this would have bothered me yeah so for me I feel like those things are tied to your understanding of your identity so when you're younger most people don't really understand the identity so you attach yourself to certain situations and people and if they go those things go left then Mm -hmm. your your whole like you you lose your bearings if I can say it like that um yeah so but oh god I've lost my train of thought sorry (laughs) but yeah do you feel like there's things that happen now that you're you reflect a bit and you're like wow I've grown because my younger self would have been pressed loads 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 like relationships and things like that they you know as I got older breakups got easier you know you break up with me okay ta-ta bye but the first breakup honey I (laughs) wasn't Yes. I, I don't know. I don't know if it got easier, but then again, I'm not that experienced. <laughs> I think it depends on how much you're into the person. I don't know. Yeah, I don't necessarily oh, no. know if they got easier, but yeah. I mean, the first one. Was I, I got. I worse. got stronger for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Nisha, you're going to say something. Um, no, what was that? Oh, I think I was just saying the first one, the first breakup, it, it, it hurts a lot. Yeah. Every breakup afterward depends on how much you, how much you're into the person hurts too. But there's something about that first, first one that just mm. feels very painful. Maybe because it's your first like deep cut, but it's still, it's still painful afterwards. Maybe just not as painful, but it still hurts depending on, depending on how invested you were in the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Barbara is like, I ain't, I ain't drinking the juice. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know, to be honest, because I, I think my brain does this thing. When I move on, I don't remember things anymore. I'm sure my, my mm. first breakup, I'm sure, was excruciating. Yeah. But it was so long ago, and it was something I worked through so long ago. I saw the person recently, actually, uh, after like three years of no contact whatsoever. And I almost didn't even remember. Like, I was just looking at them like, huh, you're so ordinary. Like you're so normal. <laughs> like you're just so you're just normal. Like you're so ordinary. How did I how did I go through that with you? Like you're just a normal. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I don't really know. I don't remember much. I think when I move on, I really just kind of not even block it out. I'm sure it's painful. I'm sure it's excruciating, but it was, it was okay, just so this is a question. Y'all can decide whether y'all like this question or not. But when was the last time? You told yourself, I love you. It's a constant in my life. It's so constant, it's annoying. I'm always like, I always look at, guys, I love myself, me. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if it's unhealthy. <laughs> I truly love myself. I pamper myself mm. so much. It's crazy. I spoil myself rotten. Every day I I wake up dressed up. I'm like, oh, Barbara, you're so cute, <laughs> and I mean it because I'm like, oh, I'm cute. I really am cute. <laughs> then, <laughs> then I always tell myself, oh, you're so lovely, girl. I love you. Or I say things. I say things like that to myself all the time. I'm definitely my greatest love. Damn. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> I need to get there. I need to get yeah. there. I, I know I love myself, but I don't think I'm intentional about being like, oh, Nisha, I love you, big girl. Oh, you big no. girl. But yeah. you know, the thing is, it's not even intentional. I think I've done it for so long. I've had yeah. this myself for so long. I'm not saying I haven't had people, but I felt very isolated within myself mm. for so long that... I've, I've been my own best friend and that had me. I'll, when you come and see me in the room getting ready, you laugh. You actually laugh. I, my coffee. I put my coffee on, I put my face mask on, I'll be turning around talking to myself. I talk to myself a lot. I have full-on conversation. I'm not mad. Apparently, it's a sign of intelligence, apparently. I don't know. But I like, yeah, I, I love myself. And I... I make sure I, I myself knows I love myself, you know. Mm, yeah. It's okay. I to really speak. do. Yeah, I do. I will be like sometimes I'll wear something nice. I'm like, or even not wear something nice. I look at myself and be like, ah, oh, you're so cute. I love you. I like that though. <laughs> I like it. it's yeah. cute. It's really cute. You've got a cute yeah. relationship with yourself. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I really do. If you come and see the way I pump on myself, you'll be shocked. Yeah. Me, I have self care days every three days, intensive self care days. Wow, I make my 
when you come and see me sipping my coffee with the just the sit here like I have no problem in this world. And the coffee was probably a pound from Asda. <laughs> I really just care days. I like that. Yeah. I every day self-care day. I yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love myself, y'all. That's it. Yes, that's cute. I think for me, um, I don't tell myself I would love to get to the stage, to Barbara's stage. But I think my definition of loving self-love has evolved through the years. Mm. So I've I've actually been thinking about this the other day. I think self-love for me is Mm self-governance. So what I mean is by self-love is I'm I'm thinking of my future self. I'm thinking of what she, the woman that she's going to be. I'm thinking about my finances. I'm thinking about how I can be more disciplined. And to yes. me, that's the ultimate self-love that I, I can give myself. So it's not, I love, love spa sessions, love them, love them. They're great. They, they do wonders. But I feel like for me, my definition of self-love has been, through not so much enjoyment enjoyment is great or relaxation is necessary but it's more self-governance if it makes Mm, sense mm, mm, perfect mm, sense mm, mm. yeah because if you love yourself then you do what's necessary those things as well yeah another thing as well is I find times when I'm more productive my relationship with myself is even more great because I know I'm doing the things I need to do as well for my future mm. self. Like yes, anything that put, makes my life easy or puts my, my mind at ease is self-love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that question. Second question and, and last question, unless y'all want another question, but I only looked for two. So the second question is, it's a little bit lighter. Nisha, did you did you answer the question though? Did I? No, no, you didn't. Oh, when was the last time? I don't know. I really, I don't, I don't know. It's not something I practice. I want. I think we should all tell you guys. Let's all tell ourselves we love ourselves. Barbara, my gorgeousness, I love you. (laughs) But you know what? Um, because as as we are getting uh, older. I never used to have bags underneath my eyes. Now I do. And somebody was saying that it's very important that you look in the mirror without any makeup and mm-hmm. tell yourself that you love yourself mm. because it's so easy to, to be like one day you look in the mirror and then you'll be like, who is that person? You know, it's like, it's almost shocks you. That's, yeah. that's what I get from people who are really older. You know, it's like, it's as if these things, but if you carry on doing that, if it's a culture, where you look yourself in the eyes without any wigs, makeup, nothing, and just tell yourself, you know, I love you. I love yeah. you. And I, think, I, think, I think I've done it. I think you guys should do it now. Just say you love yourself. Okay, I'm going to do give it. Give me a minute. This is so mm-hmm. awkward. Yeah. I do it once a month. Not every you go ahead, Kit. I'll go after you. Oh, who's going? Kit's going. With what? Sorry, I didn't understand. I didn't hear the question. Tell yourself you love yourself. Oh, okay. Kit. Oh, I love you. You is cute. I love you. I love you. <laughs> it's so awkward. It feels like looking in a mirror. Yeah, like Nisha, do it. Do it, do it, do it. Oh my God. Okay. I can't even. It feels. If you don't so do it, I'll do it. Okay, fine, 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 fine. It feels so awkward. I was like, 
Okay. Nisha, I love you. And that's it. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah. And I love Nisha too. And yes. Kids. I love kids too. I love you all guys. <laughs> I love you all too. I love you all too. Um, oh, I was going to say something to this point and then I'll ask the question. You know, like how with filters now, a lot of women don't want to take pictures without filters because they don't look like the filters. And so it, it, when you have to take a picture and it's like your real face, it, you feel uncomfortable. So yeah, that was just to your point, um, Kit, about the makeup. Taking pictures mm-hmm. without filters, gotta do it, gotta do it. Um, question, so the next question is, what inspires you the most in life? Oh, wow. I, mean, I could tell you my future self, like the, the woman I'm becoming, mm-hmm. he inspires me. You'll be like, girl, mm-hmm. come on now. You're getting there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He inspires me. And also other women, I look at my mom and just like, wow, this woman was like denied education, but she fought for her rights. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's just like, in you guys, you inspire me. So yeah, it's just inspiration is, is not fun. Yeah. I'm one of those people as well. I find inspiration in everything and every little thing. But I don't know, for now, the thing that inspires me the most. You guys know I've battled with depression, yeah. The past year. Okay, Nisha, you don't know the ins and outs, but I felt I felt like for many years I've been fighting for my life. Mm. So for now, me, the things that just inspire me, like just being able I I love I, I'm excited. I'm an excited person. Over the tiniest things. Like yesterday, I walked in the grass barefoot and I loved it. And that was inspiring and exciting to me. So for me right now, my greatest inspiration is just waking up every day and looking forward to do life. Just knowing that I'm in that headspace that I wake up and I'm like, oh, wow, let's go do life, baby. Like, let's go put on that outfit or let's go and touch the trees or let's go take a walk by the beach. Even just things like that that make me connect deeply within my own soul and feel like I'm in my body, I'm here, I feel present within my body. Mm-hmm. That's enough inspiration for me. And because of because I know I've gone down down that drain, I find inspiration in the most everything that I see inspires me. <laughs> yeah. Um what what inspires me the most? I think like you kid, what inspires me is really the future, what's coming. Um, you know, like you could feel something's coming. You may not be able to really be able to say what that is or articulate it, but I feel something is coming. Um, inspires me would be when people win. Like I genuinely love, love to see people winning to the point where you would think I know these people, right? I, I just love to see people winning. I love to see people like in their craft and like being amazing at the things that they like to do. I just like to see people winning. And I think a part of it is also because it gives me kind of the encouragement, kind of like, well, they're human too. They're human just like me. And if it can happen for them, it could also happen for me and it could also happen for the people around me. So those would be the two, the two um, things that inspire me. What's next, what I'm about to walk into and also um, just seeing people win. Amen to that. Amen. <sighs> wow. We've done it all. We're amazing. We're phenomenal. 